Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Brian Christofferson. I'm joined with Michael Brunts. Um, Brunts, I know, has some hot takes. Probably hotter even than uh, Velveeta. Uh, yeah, Velveeta cheese. The, the, I guess they weighed in on with some NBA takes the other day on Twitter that were pretty intense. Um, so try to beat Velveeta with some oh. of your thoughts today. I would be I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the Velveeta Twitter account is apparently a very big fan of former NBA player Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, which I mean <laughs> I, I can respect any random name drop and especially when it comes from the at eat liquid gold Twitter account that is Velveeta. So there's a lot there. Um I'm curious, what's the status of your leftover Halloween candy? Did you did you get stuck with a lot? Uh, yeah. I only had about, I would say, 15 kids total, maybe 20, in like five groups that came throughout the whole night. It was very quiet on uh, over in this end. How about you? So I, I, I've been eating Rolos mind, mindlessly for like Rolos. the last – uh, I don't know, 48 hours. My wife tried to Rolo shame me um, with the number of Rolos I've been eating. But uh, as I explained to her, you you don't buy Halloween candy that you're not comfortable getting stuck with. You don't want like a pound of Smarties left over after Halloween. So I'm just curious what what your situation was because it's it's been like scorched earth on the Rolos over here. Yeah, I got quite quite a lot left. I now I like that you went with the Rolos. I myself am a fan, uh, but it's not. I wouldn't say that's like in your conventional like top tier of candy. You know, it's not like in the the uh, Mount Rushmore with like Twix and Snickers and stuff. So I I like that you gave uh, gave the audience a little something different there. What's your drug of choice? Um, I'm a big Twix man, a big Kit Kat man. Um, and I, I, I hate to say I did this, but I had these things that were left over. They're called six sixlets. Oh, those, those are, are terrible. Yeah, they are. I, I, I don't know how I got them in my possession, and I've had them for like, <laughs> I've had them for like six months. And so this was not very nice of me. But I was like, you know what? I'm mixing these bad boys in with the real stuff, <laughs> and hopefully some of these kids will take this candy. And sure enough, this one little boy reaches into my bucket. And he takes a sixlet and he looks intrigued by it. And I was like, there's more where that came from, pal. And he gets, so he goes in and he gets like four or five of them and almost cleans out my sixlets, which is uh, what was needed. He, he probably went home and was wishing those were good and plenties. That's how bad sixlet, sixlets are. <laughs> yeah. I might as well. I handed him like the, the, the orange and uh, brown can. You know, I don't even know what they're called. Just those, you know, the Halloween candy that's just like an orange and brown wrappers yeah um but uh yeah i have a ton of candies left so if if you want to pop on over and take some you can well now i I might now that i know all the sixlets are gone so you don't try to stick any stick me with any of those so yeah they're gone um also uh we had time to hand out our this is a segue by the way okay uh segue sponsored by velveeta um we had we had time to hand out um candy because we had no football game to cover Saturday. We just, well, we were watching it at home like everybody else's. Nebraska did not play Wisconsin. And it looks like Wisconsin's not playing Purdue, right? Is that, is that the latest that's breaking news? 
yes, no, no Wisconsin Purdue game for this weekend, um, which puts Wisconsin in a bit of a precarious situation. I believe they have to play six games uh, to qualify for the Big Ten championship game. So that's out there. But um, yeah, it was it was an odd weekend. I mean, you, you kind of psyched yourself up for Wisconsin. Then you very briefly psyched yourself up for Tennessee Chattanooga before that, uh, the bottom fell out on that. But we heard from Scott Frost yesterday um, and, and yeah. some Nebraska players about kind of that whole ordeal and kind of how they're handling things. I mean, it, it, the, the word adversity gets thrown around, I think, pretty loosely, but Nebraska has had to put up with a lot of crap this year. There's no denying that. Yeah, you can tell they're tired of it. Um, that's what came out to me from Scott Frost the other day. Um, I think it stems, if you wanted to put it simply, is there another program in the country that has wanted to play football games more than Nebraska? I doubt it. Um, I think they're number one in that category. And yet it's the biggest struggle in the world to actually play those football games. Um he chose his words carefully. I felt like when he talked about Wisconsin, the Wisconsin situation specifically, but there was a little something under the surface there where he said, uh, you know, uh, he didn't want to weigh in on it, he said, but they left a provision in there for teams to decide if it was safe in their community or university to play, and that's what our last opponent chose to do. So we're on to the next one. So there was nothing like that was just – scorching hot in what was said there but maybe you could read between the lines and say they were a little disappointed that uh, Wisconsin didn't choose to show up Um, Wisconsin's cases did keep rising a little bit I think they were up to like 22 total in their program by Saturday so who knows maybe it's for the best Um, but anyway it basically turned into a bye week for Nebraska and now they're playing a Northwestern team that is 2-0 and uh, looks as good as anybody in the west to me so, Pat Fitzgerald also spoke yesterday, um, and, you know, because it is Northwestern week, we have to pay attention to what Fitz is saying. Um, he was of the belief that Nebraska is at an advantage by not playing um, this past weekend. Yeah. I think there's probably – I suppose you could make that argument. Scott Frost uh, was not accepting that argument yesterday. Um, what – I guess – do you think that Nebraska – how did Nebraska benefit, if at all, from sitting at home this past weekend and having team movie night on Friday? Which we – by the way, we never got an answer on what movie they watched together as a team. Yeah, that probably should have been a follow-up, but it felt a, it felt a little tense on the Zoom call, so I don't know if anybody wanted to weigh in there and be like, hey, Scott, uh, what was the movie, by the way? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they did have a scary movie night to keep guys uh, out of trouble and from parties and, and all that. I, I agree with Frost. I don't think it's any advantage at all to sit out the second week. He said, you know, maybe if it was week seven or eight and it, you're really beat up, that's a different story. But you want to play games right now. Um, so what were advantages? I guess you'd have to say, like, Luke Reimer getting extra time uh you know he was maybe gonna play against Wisconsin and now you would think he's definitely in the equation with some added um days there uh maybe Jordan Riley gets in the equation on the defensive line he was out for the opener and then I think 
everybody kind of is intrigued by what's really happening at wide receiver, you know, like who, who beyond Wandale um, can catch some passes and put up some yards and which of those young guys are they going to trust first and the most? And maybe the last few days were some time to figure that out. They did practice Saturday, even though they didn't have a game. So they were going at it. They can't practice on um, today, Tuesday, election day. That's the way it is across the country. So it's an off day there. Uh, But it sounds like they're going to go all the way through Friday with workout. So um, I guess getting guys healthy is the advantage. But you definitely would have rather played a game. And you would have rather wiped off the suspensions. against a team like Chattanooga maybe with uh, Cam Taylor-Britt and Deontay Williams if they could have got those out of the way? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because I think, you know, for Nebraska, it does give you more time to work with the Flemings, the Betts, the, the Manning, and get those guys up to speed. I also think, you know, that there's a case to be made for trying to just get those guys on the field and let them kind of work it out in a game in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think, too – you know, they felt good about the way a number of those young guys played. And I think that you would probably want to, you know, continue that growth of, of guys like Ethan Piper, Bryce Benhart, um, you know, some of those young guys um, on the defensive line as well uh, to kind of build off of their performance against uh, Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I am curious to, to see, I guess, um, you know, what Nebraska does offensively that looks a little different than what they showed against Ohio State. I mean, they had a little bit more time to game plan for Northwestern. I mean, I don't know that there's a ton of surprise with what Northwestern is going to do. They do have a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, and Peyton Ramsey uh, that Nebraska is at least familiar with. But defensively, that uh, there's not a ton of uh, secrets to what they're going to do. So, I, I think if you're Nebraska, you would have much rather played a game and, and continue to knock some of that rust off. Uh, but, you know, here they are, and uh, you, you've got to deal with uh, a Northwestern team that all of a sudden looks pretty formidable um, based on how they've played the last two weeks. Yeah, I've sometimes in the off season or when this schedule came out in the last month, I sometimes referred to Northwestern as a sneaky big game. I think you can take sneaky out of the phrase. I think it's just a big game for Nebraska. I mean, it's uh, this, this feels like one of those early season moments they've had the last couple of years. Maybe you would substitute Colorado as the team that represented this game the last two years where Nebraska had a chance to get some confidence, show they can win a tough four-quarter game, and then sort of use that as a trampoline into better days and believing like, hey, something good's going to happen as opposed to maybe in the back of your mind thinking about how, you, how you're going to blow this or how it's going to slip out of your grasp. So I like this game for Nebraska because um, Northwestern's a good team where I think you can get some respect and win some confidence in your locker room. But I also feel like it's a game where Nebraska doesn't have to go into it like quaking in their boots like, you know, like they can't win the thing. I think, I think guys will fully go believing, you know, this was going to be a, a dog fight and this is a big chance to, to get a, a W. The, the thing that's going to be, you know, kind of interesting to me about this game, and, and I'll give you a lot of credit. You've been, you've had that Northwestern game circled basically since the, uh, I guess this would have been the third version of the Big Ten schedule came out. I don't know that you, 
necessarily saw the cancellation of the Wisconsin game uh, when you said that. But, I mean, th- this is a, a really big, important game for Nebraska to get the ship righted. And also, you know, in, in the Big Ten West standings, I mean, you, you've got Wisconsin with their situation, Purdue's playing uh, pretty well, but, you know, Minnesota struggling. It just feels like the Big Ten West is a lot more wide open um, than, than maybe what we would have thought. And, and I, I mean, we even kind of thought that it was going to be wide open anyways, but uh, th- this is a big one. And, you know, yesterday <clears throat> I, I, I thought that Scott Frost said something that was, you know, it was towards the end um, and it was kind of talking about where his team is uh, now. And, you know, talking about turning the corner and, you know, why, he believes that they're close to kind of taking that next step or, um, you know, moving forward as a program. I'll find a quote here. So he said that we're doing the little things better to win in this league. You've got to block, you've got to tackle, you've got to get open, you've got to cover and you've got to play smart. The margin of error in this league, there's too many good teams. So the margin of error is really thin. I feel like for two years we've found ways to not win even two years ago up in Northwestern. Um, quick aside, you and I were on the sidelines watching that, that game kind of unfold, and that was in a season of just kind of head-shaking losses where you kind of wondered, you know, how a game happened. That one was probably the worst that season, I think. I would say that of all the games that have been lost in the Frost era, that was the most mind-boggling as far as it's already in your pocket, you know, just walk away. You've got the win. And, and somehow there's a hole in the pocket, I guess. And, you know, that's, that's a game where you allow Northwestern to drive 99 yards um, basically in a minute. And, uh, you know, a 10 point lead uh, changed over the course of like the last four minutes of that game. And it ends up being an overtime loss. And it's also a game where, and this feels like a lot of Nebraska Northwestern games. Nebraska was the better team for the majority of plays that day. Like they had won like 55 minutes of that game and they were on their way. And that's often how this series has gone to me, where it feels like in a lot of these games, Nebraska's been the team where maybe they have a hundred, 150 more yards than Northwestern. And yet it's anybody's game on the last possession. And why is that? Well, you know, Nebraska's penalty yardage usually is really high. Northwestern's isn't. Um, There's an unfortunate turnover or something that happens, like happened in the Ohio State game. And so that's the rub here, which we'll talk about more, I'm sure, in the hype cast, is can Nebraska, you know, get out of its own way against a team that sort of specializes, I think, in just sort of lurking, you know, and then – and then they strike when you you oh you stepped over there and you weren't supposed to step over there now you're going to pay for it the rest of that quote i think from a maturity standpoint our kids have turned a corner i think they're doing fundamental things better but we've got to win a game sometime to get confidence and build on that i mean that that's to me is pretty much the entire storyline of this game going into it is can nebraska finally win a game in a way that they have not done so not just the last two years. I mean, you can go back, you know, coaching staffs before Scott Frost, that that's been a problem. Can they play sound, good football and beat a team like Northwestern? Because that's what it's going to take. 
Yep. And, uh, you know, can they maybe get some downfield receiving threats? That's, that's a big ask right now. We don't know who those guys could be. I think they need to find that to open up the field for Wandale. Wandale's a big story in this game. You know, Ohio State did a nice job on him because he really, I think, they, they realized, like, he's the one guy on the perimeter that can beat us. Let's take him out. He only had 49 yards. Uh, against Northwestern last year, he won Nebraska that game. I mean, he had 167 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. against Northwestern he scored the one touchdown he had the big catch that set up the winning field goal and so that's an interesting little aside here is you know Wandale's like the face on their grease board you know that they're like shut this guy down um, and so that's where other guys have to make it so oh you got to cover this guy too and then it opens up things should we uh should we pay some bills yeah, uh, I, it's always good to, to pay your bills, um, and we should do that and then come back. And I guess let's talk about the Big Ten West when we come back and just sort of what we're thinking two weeks in. It's been sort of a wild ride. Um, I think it's about to get more wild, and I don't think Minnesota is going to be involved in that ride. But let's talk about that more when we come back on the Husker 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. Um, It was a good break. I enjoyed that. That was a nice uh, meat and cheese uh, board you put out for us, Brunts. Charcuterie. Uh, Yeah, during the break. Charcuterie board. I I love a good charcuterie (laughs) board. Uh, They're all right. They're all right. Especially at, you know, 11.30 in the morning. Nothing says 11.30 on a Tuesday, like a little meat, meat plate. With some olives, you know, and some, some nuts on the side. Um, are, I wonder if the charcuterie board is going to go the way of the dodo a little bit. Is that going to be like one of those things that we, we don't let back into society for a few years after the virus? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, yeah you, can't be, uh, you can't be reaching for, for cheese and stuff like that <laughs> with the, the virus the way it is. So that's people, a, that's a, people breathing all over your olives. <laughs> that's an unfortunate loss I just realized <laughs> might have occurred in the last six months. Um, all right. The Big Ten West produced speaking, 2-0. Speaking yeah. of unfortunate losses. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do we have to say about the Big Ten West, Browns? Just go. Like, it's an open floor. Just get on there and start dancing. What do you have to say? I'm, I'm going to awkwardly start thrusting my legs out. Um, it's, I don't know what to make of the Big Ten West. If you look at the standings right now, you have Wisconsin technically, I guess, on top of the standings at, at 1-0, uh, at least the, the one I'm looking at. But uh, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Purdue, all undefeated. Minnesota, 0-2. Illinois 0-2, which is not really a surprise. Nebraska 0-1. Iowa 0-2. Mike Schaefer's Iowa Hawkeyes 0-2, I should say. Um, what 
Minnesota, I, I figured they would take a step back from where they were last year, but man, it's been that defense is not good. Uh, that, that's my my one takeaway from Minnesota. I think Purdue is going to be a little scary the rest of the season, especially if they can ever get Rondale Moore back, which I don't know what to really what what my read on that situation is. Everybody's been a little kind of cagey about it, not saying much. So, and then Iowa, you know, Iowa's an interesting one to me because you you it feels like in the past Iowa's kind of always been a team that was kind of a slow starter, where they would play like a team a team from the MAC or South Dakota State or somebody like that way closer than they should early in the season. And then by the time they hit game like five or six, they were really kind of humming along a little bit. They would, you know, beat Penn State or somebody like that. I don't know if Iowa's just kind of going through it right now the, the way that they normally do or if that, that's going to continue for it because Spencer Petras uh, has thrown a lot of passes um, so far this year for Iowa, probably more than they'd like, and it, it hasn't looked good. So – I'm kind of hesitant to say this, but I think with everything being weird the way it is this season, perhaps a team like Northwestern that is consistently boring uh, might actually be in a pretty good spot. Prove me wrong. No, they are. Um, because they, they they know exactly who they are. They're just sort of, you know, solid. You know, they're you, you can – you can set your dishes on there and the table's not going to collapse. You just, you know what you're going to get from them. Now I think Nebraska has a chance to really muddy the waters this week and, and also make it really complicated for the big 10 offices. If, if a team like Nebraska who had to not play a game because of someone else is like in the mix to the very end and they're coming up and they're telling you, oh, this is how we're going to figure out who's wearing the standings. You know, that's going to be another big conversation part, you know, since they didn't count the Wisconsin-Nebraska game as a forfeit, but a no contest. So this is Nebraska's chance, I think, to say, hey, we're a part of this too. Um, I don't think Purdue can hold up. Um, I love David Bell. Everybody does. He's just a fun wide receiver to watch and, has really willed Purdue to a couple of wins. Um, but I think even this last week, you saw the limitations to Purdue. They played an Illinois team that was uh, – they had a lot of guys out. How many was it that were sitting out that game? Um, uh, they had 12 out with contact tracing, I think, and only in two positive cases, I think, because that, that's what it ended up being. Right, and two of their – they're on their third QB, too. Yeah. Um, and it went down to the wire. I mean, Illinois was driving late with a chance to tie it. So, you know, Purdue, Purdue's two and zero. Good for them. I don't think they can win the West. So I think you look at Northwestern, Wisconsin, and is Nebraska the wild card? That's that's sort of where I see it right now. I guess Purdue has to be considered that until they get, take a couple losses. Um, Minnesota, I feel like oddly enough, has almost already played their way out of the conversation. Not not only because they're 0-2, but it's the kind of 0-2 where you're like, yeah, it's not going to work there this year. I mean, that's that's sort of how I feel. I don't know how you – that Maryland team has some guys on offense that are interesting, but that's a bad defense, and that was a bad, bad loss for Minnesota last week. The, the missed extra point was kind of like 
it was the perfect capper for that game. You know, like as bad as they played, um, I, I just I, I I even thought to myself as I was watching it live, I was like, he's not. There's no way he's gonna make this. Like that that would just be like the perfect yeah. ending to that game. And yeah, it's. I don't know, and it's going to be interesting, too, as the season goes along. Like, when you get get to game, like, six or seven, you kind of wonder how much some of these teams are still going to be dialed in if they've just been taking it on the chin the last, you know, first basically the first half of the season. I mean, I think it is going to be a little bit of a uh, battle of attrition as they get closer to the end of the, end of the season and teams really start playing for that Big Ten uh, championship game berth. Do you worry about the gray area too with uh, – we're going to – a lot of colors here. I'm going to say gray area, and then I'm going to talk about orange-red. So, um, I mean, the orange-red is a category which opens it up for a school um, if it feels like it is warranted to not play, as Wisconsin did last week, and they're doing again against Purdue. Um, do you worry, though, that that could be used, like, late in the season by a team that's just like, you know what, <laughs> we're one in five. And there's some cases we're not playing this week. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> Somebody, somebody's like, eh, out for some teams. Ohio State's on the schedule. We might have a couple cases that we're kind of concerned about. Is that the fear? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Uh, I don't think – I'll be honest. I don't think Minnesota – and I think it shows a little bit in their play. They Of some of the Big Ten teams, I never got the sense – that they were the most fired up to play football this fall. Um, I don't know if you thought that. Uh, I'm not saying some of their players aren't excited and, you know, football's a great game and they want to get stuff on film. But uh, they look like a team to me that sort of went through this weird offseason and maybe would have been okay had there, had it not been <laughs> – had we not been playing. I mean, that's that's the way they look, at least on the, on the defensive side of the ball. and. Um, they play Iowa in two weeks, and that that's more or less an elimination game. Um, if he, if both those teams would were to win this week, that I think that game would eliminate one of them from the West conversation completely. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, it, it's I, I've been a little bit surprised at the the lack of parity. I guess, like I, I guess, I would have expected a lot more teams that were one and one on the west side uh given kind of how everything shook out or seemed to at the start of the season so yeah i mean if if, i I think by the end of game four i think we're gonna have a pretty darn good idea of who's going to be competing and who's not um in the conference both based Mm -hmm. on record and also just like you said, kind of that willingness to play and fight through things. Um, I, I think teams that, that are not going to be as willing to do that, I think are going to be pretty well known by that point. That's the one thing Nebraska is going for it. Um, I think there's some teams where, and I know this might sound homerific, but I think it's the truth. I think there's some teams where their spirit might be broken already. Um, just that like, it feels like everyone's kind of against you you can't get on the field, you know, you, you wanted to play a month earlier, that didn't happen. You wanted to play against Wisconsin and Chattanooga, that didn't happen. And it, it can really test sort of like your, uh, your fight. And I feel like Nebraska, you mentioned it earlier, Frost had the, these guys have a chip on their shoulder. 
And I know that's kind of a cliche line sometimes, but those guys have seen everything we've seen. They've seen national guys just take pot shots at, at the university and the program. And that has to add some fuel, you know, like that. If I'm a competitor, I, I see some of that stuff and I'm like, man, we got to shut these guys up. And there's some of this talk with the, you know, in the Nebraska big 10 relationship. And I wrote about in the column, you know, there's always this nostalgia for other leagues and maybe going back to where you came from. This is no time for Nebraska to hightail it out of there. That's what I wrote. I truly believe that. I, not that that's even really in consideration, but this is a time to, to face the challenge directly and start winning some ball games. And that's how you shut people up. You know, all the other stuff, um, they're, they're going to keep ma- taking their shots until you, you know, beat Northwestern. Then maybe you knock off a of Penn State. You got to start winning some games like that where they like, okay, we can't say that much. They did, they did go out there and do it. So that's a, that's a challenge in front of this team. It's also an opportunity. Yeah, you uh, you summed it up nicely there. I I, I think uh, it's going to be – this week will be a measuring stick type game for Nebraska, but not not in the way that it would be if they were playing a, you know, an Ohio State or or somebody like that. I mean, it's – I don't – if Nebraska goes into Northwestern and wins, that's not going to be a game that three years from now you're going to scan the 2020 schedule – and, and look at that result and, and say, man, that was a, that was a big game just based on the score and the opponent. But I think from a mental point of view, from a just, you know, turning the corner point of view, it's, it's the kind of game that at this point in this coaching staff, Nebraska would be very, um, very good to have that win. I think. All right. To finish it up here, who, uh, who did you pick before the season to win the West? Did I think I, I think I said I think I said Wisconsin because they were so kind of I. my they were kind of my default because uh, everybody else kind of had their warts. Is Wisconsin still your pick after two weeks? Now, obviously, we, we haven't seen much of them, and they're only going to play at most six games. They have to play six, as you said, correct to to factor into the race. I believe that's the rule, and because everybody's playing a different number of games, tiebreakers are going to get kind of ugly too. Um, so that'll be some, some more uh, hot take um, catnip for later in the season. I, I, Wisconsin looked like the 85 Bears against Illinois uh, in the opener. <laughs> so I, I don't – I still would tend to pick them, tend to pick them. I, I think uh, – I do have a little bit more question because I think there's some teams in the Big Ten that Big Ten West that can knock them off. I think I think that if they would have played that game against Nebraska, even if, if Graham Mertz were would have been healthy and in that game, I think that would have been a four quarter battle. Um, I, I don't think they're as far out in front of the West as maybe what I would have expected or what they have been in the past. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean. What'll be interesting is if they only play six and they go like five and one, and let's say you have a team that is six and two, like say Northwestern is six and two or something. Um, 
I think by percentage points, which would it, would it go to that then? I'm, Wisconsin would actually have the advantage, and there will be some people who are like, give me a break. You know, this team played six games, and, uh, and, and they're going to get the reward for it. So it is going to – it was a little chatty about that whole topic last week. It's going to get even more so, I think, if this race is as tight as I hope it is, and Nebraska has a good opportunity to make it so – um, this week. So that's, that's the fun part. And here's, here, here's your, uh, your head to your head to head scenario, courtesy of uh, Stuart Mandel. This is from the big 10 in the event of an unbalanced schedule due to cancellation of games. If two or more teams have the same number of conference losses, but a different number of conference wins head to head results will take precedence over winning percentage. As long as the two or more teams meet minimum number of games language noted above, which I believe is six. So if Wisconsin goes five and one and they beat Northwestern who goes seven and one, then Wisconsin would, would go on to Indianapolis based on that scenario. I know people will roll their eyes at it, but just play along. So what if Nebraska goes five and two and their losses are to the East division teams? Um, Wisconsin goes five and one. Wisconsin would still win it, right? Because they didn't, because they have a higher percentage, and there was no game against each other. Uh, well, I don't know because you know, if it's Wisconsin and Nebraska, they wouldn't have a head-to-head result. But they, Wisconsin would have a better win percentage because oh, yeah, they yeah, be yeah. five and one, and yeah, yeah. be. Five. Yep. I'm I'm playing like the worst-case scenario for the Big Ten because that would be the case where if Nebraska. Um, their losses were to the two teams in the East, let's just say. And uh, obviously the schedule is unbalanced. And, oh, yeah, the, differ- the difference is that they couldn't play the one week because, you know, Wisconsin couldn't make it to Lincoln. So I, uh, why not? I hope something weird like that happens here in 2020. That, 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 would, uh, that would definitely quiet down the old tinfoil hat crowd, I have to say. Yeah. If you had a scenario like that. All right. Well, I, I, you know what I need to do? I need to get back and see what Velveeta's Twitter account has to say about uh, the election, the NBA, whatever they're, they're spinning. I got to see what their latest opinion is. So we probably need to close it down here. They've got a lot of opinions. So dig in. All right. Thanks for coming to Husker 24 seven and listening to the podcast. Come back to the site. This is a big game. As we said, we'll have a ton of stuff, uh, a lot of recruiting stuff. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, they got to, we didn't even talk about the commit. We'll have to do that um, next, next uh, show. Uh, but there's a lot of information on the newest commit. There's a lot of crystal balls starting to float in the air with Nebraska involved. That's kind of interesting from guys who uh, I think know a thing or two. Um, so come to the Husker 24 seven site. You can get all that. Uh, we'll have it all for you. Thanks for listening.